ahead and turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. I want to look tonight at the thought of uh, the inner man and how that whenever we were saved, we become a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And yet with that thought, we would all be aware that we have that old man that still rises up from time to time. We hear Paul make statements, you know, about the things he would not. Those are the things he does and the things that uh, he wants to do, he does not. And he finally, you know, just comes to the conclusion, oh, wretched man that I am. He, he saw that wretchedness about him that even as a child of God, I want to do good and I see myself mess up so many times. And I want to just draw our attention to that thought tonight that we are... Uh, we are to be a new man. We are to be a spiritual man. As a saved person, God did not save me to live like the old man. He saved me to be a spiritual man. Now that being said, you cannot be spiritual and carnal at the same time. I think we live in a time, uh, certainly if we are the Laodicean church age, the Lord warns us that we are that generation that wants to try to be lukewarm. We want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to be a, a little bit godly, but we don't want to be over much. You know, we want to go to church on Sunday, but we don't want to necessarily just be involved in everything. And, you know, somebody look at us and think that we are uh, super religious in any kind of way. So we try to we try to mellow out. We try to find a happy medium where I can kind of fit in at church and I can kind of be a Christian and, and kind of pacify my conscience, but at the same time, not so much so that the Lord might ask me to do something great or, you know, may, maybe the Lord won't send me off on a mission field somewhere. He might not ask me to teach Sunday school or something of that nature. Let me find a happy medium. I think we live in a world where that's what people are trying to do. How can I just kind of put it on cruise control and just kind of get get through this life? I don't want too much of God's wrath on me, uh, so maybe I can sacrifice a few blessings uh, and, and yet not have His wrath poured out upon me. So Jesus made a statement as He had just saved the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and she went back to tell others the the. The disciples, they had just showed up and they had just been to town to buy some food. And whenever they showed up, they said, Master, come eat. And he said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And he tried to get their attention to look up. The harvest is white. But you're distracted. You're, you're worried about eating when you should be looking up and seeing souls that need to be saved. Now, as long as I live on this earth, there's going to be times when I need to eat. But even when I eat, it should be that I do it in the will of God. Uh, not just because I want to, but rather if it's God's will. Let me eat. I know that sounds very nitpicky, you might say. Job made the statement. He said he desired God's word more than his necessary food. That is a spiritual man. Whenever you want God's will more than even your 
your base urges, your you know the desire to eat, you know that that certainly that would be a spiritual person. And so Jesus is showing that so often we're letting humanity get in the way of us being spiritual. The disciples did then. I want to read you another place. Uh, Matthew 28. And, and the thought that's on my heart, I'm going to get ahead of myself. When all you see is self, you cannot really see God. When all you see is self, you certainly cannot see the will of God. You see the will of self. You don't see the will of God. And so we need to be aware of this. And this is whether you would be lost. Uh, people that are lost, they know that they need to be saved. When God has shown them and they're convicted, they know I, know, I know I need to be saved. But they're able to get their minds off on other things because self matters more. And then once we're saved, I think about Peter. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Why did he say that? Because you suffer the things of man, not the things of God. So even there, he was not a spiritual man. He was a carnal man. And Jesus said, been used of the devil. Matthew 28 verse 1. Jesus has been crucified and now this is the resurrection in verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Let's look at these keepers of the tomb just a minute. And let's go back and kind of just review <clears throat> that it had been said that when Jesus was crucified, He might be raised up the third day. And so rather than have some kind of coup happen, rather than have these disciples come in and steal the body and go hide it somewhere and say He was resurrected, it was a law, it was commanded that we take soldiers and we make this tomb very sure. I, whenever this happens, I don't believe that they cut any corners. If you're going to make it as sure as possible, then they, they pulled out all the stops. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, God shows up. He sends this angel. <clears throat> an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came, and he rolled back the stone, and then he just sat on the door. He just sat there. And his countenance, and this is how these men described it, his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. So when they saw it, that's how they described him. This is what he looks like. He sat on the door. He opened the door. He sat on the door. He, he looked like lightning and he's white as snow. And they fell down shaking like dead men. That's what they see. That's what they've experienced. Look at verse 11. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. So they bear witness what they saw. And when they were assembled with the elders and they had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye 
his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. While we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. So we just witnessed an angel of God that came down from heaven, rolled the stone of a man that claimed to be the Son of God, he rolled the stone away. He sat upon the stone and he looked like lightning and he was white as snow. And we all fell down like dead men because it was an angel from God. But, so now you've got these chief priests and they've heard this. Chief priests that have just crucified a man that said he's the Son of God. They have witnessed countless miracles by this man. I mean, from healing the blind man, the lame man, cast out devils, just things they could not. There's no way to explain. Every time they tried to trap him up, he had an answer. He was smarter than all of them. They could not figure it out. And so we're going to kill him. Now, just like he said, he was going to rise the third day. And now you've got men that come and said that's exactly what took place. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give you some money so you'll hush. Can you imagine that? This kind of sounds like the government today, don't it? Uh, that, that we're dealing with and, and, and all the things that, you know, money just, money truly is the love of money is truly the root of all evil. Okay, but there's one thing for the chief priest to be convinced, but what about the men that took the money? How much money would it take you to, to lie and say, I really didn't see God? <laughs> I really didn't see an angel. I, this, this was some coup that was, you know, by the disciples. How much money? It said large money. I don't know how much. We know Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, you know, which was not much at all. Um, at first these men saw the power of God but at the last they no longer saw his power they saw dollar signs truly the Bible says this you cannot serve God and mammon you, you can't and again to get back to the thought I want to try to preach when all you see is self how can I better self what uh, matters to me right now Whenever all you see is self, you really can't see God. You can't really see God's will. And so these men, I don't see God anymore. You, you've got to get on with life. I experienced something, but it was not enough to convince me to trust Christ. And so the care for self over uh, was able to override everything that they said they saw. You know, you think about God's gift to us. He gives us His Word. This is so precious. God's Word is so precious and He gives us instruction. But a lot of times we look at this instruction and we say, but this is what I think. And all of a sudden, self overrides what God has said. You think about 
mothers today, and I'm thankful I belong to a church where there's good mamas and good daddies and you know, good families. This, this church is made up of strong families. It's not that way everywhere you go, certainly in the world we live, but there's a lot of mothers today care so much about self that they cannot see their God-given duty to their own children. It's so sad. How can, how can that even be? You think about natural affection. You look at a mother whenever they have that child, and that thing is so precious. And, and that mother just falls in love. Everything, she, she has went to death's doorstep to bring this child into the world. And, and the moment she looks at that child, none of that even matters anymore. All the doctors do what doctors do and take care of her. and None of that matters. This baby has been born, and it's so precious. You take a daddy that's worth his sold, and you know the moment he takes that, that little baby in his hands, Lord, it changes his whole world. He's so precious. That baby's so precious. How is it that you can get to a place where that baby does not matter anymore? I, I don't understand that, and yet I do, because what it is, we get our, our thoughts, our mind upon us, and all of a sudden, nothing else matters. God's will does not matter you take, and a lot of times you take, you take a, a, a mother and, and, or a, a wife and a husband and they get a divorce. And all of a sudden now, that child goes from having parents that's in the same home and, and setting an example to now they live with mama uh, for a week and then on the weekends they go see daddy. And when they go see daddy, daddy's too busy worried about himself to stop and think about them children. Selfish. And we say, well, I know what it means to be a good man, and yet God gives some duty to a father. And them children just go lacking. They don't understand really what love is because daddy's not showing it. And then they go back home to mama. And listen, I, certainly I don't have anybody in mind saying this, but you understand, we, we all deal with this. They go back to mama, and, and then mama cannot see them children because she's too worried about maybe who daddy's with right now. Selfish. And them precious children suffer because of it. And we look and we say, well, that's just life. That's how things are. Now what it is, we've got to a place where God's Word really does not matter because I matter. Self matters. It's really no different than how these people sell out. I know what I sold, but it really does not matter as much as this money that you flashed in front of my face. I think about I mentioned mothers, but you got you got husbands, you got daddies, never see their family. You, you got church members that never see their duty to walk worthy of the vocation in which they're called because of self. And the list goes on and on. So when your eyes are upon self, you miss it all. You miss the will of God when you're thinking about yourself. Let's go back to these priests just a minute. They have had such an experience over the last few days. They have finally crucified Jesus, this man they hate, this man that come in and turned their world upside down, the man that come in and said that you are whited sepulchers. On the outside you may look good, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones. 
and they finally crucified him. But as they're crucifying him, there's an earthquake. <laughs> and the rocks rent. How do you explain that? You pick up a handful of rocks and you look at the rocks and every one of them got a crack in it. The rocks rent on the day the Lord was crucified. How do you explain that? Oh, it's a question, man. Imagine that. The rocks. But also the sun decided it's not going to shine today. The sun went dark. Refused to shine. How do you explain that? Coincidence, I guess. I'm going to keep on doing things the way I want to do it. We're going to keep on doing things the way we've always done it. We'll get rid of Jesus soon enough. We'll get back to life as usual. But didn't stop there. In order to continue on with their religion, they had this issue with the veil. When Jesus died, that veil rent from top to bottom. How do you ignore that? It's not real hard whenever your mind, your, your eyes are set upon self. Who fixed it? If it was fixed at all. Whether they just leave it ripped. I know there's a lot of history about all that. and you know, Different people say, well, I think this happened. I, none of us know what happened. The Bible don't tell us what they did. At some point, they quit worshiping you know, all together in that form, but at this particular time, they had been used to. Remember whenever uh, John the Baptist was conceived and the angel showed up? His daddy was doing the work of God inside the temple. So they were still doing that. But now, how, how do you go back to that? The, the veil has been rent. If they decide, well, somebody's got to fix it, who's going to fix it? There's only one man that would have been somewhat qualified to fix it. So none of that matters. Just We'll just turn our head. Just look the other way. So whenever we get our eyes on ourself, the things of God do not matter. What about Pharaoh? All them plagues come along. At first he had some Magicians that thought, oh, we can do that. And they they kind of do the same thing. They counterfeit everything the Lord's doing for the first few miracles. And then all of a sudden they say, this is the very hand of God. We're not going to deny it anymore. This guy here, he's not putting on the show. This is the hand of God. But what did Pharaoh say? Who is God? God has said, let my people go. Who is God that I'll let his people go? The only thing Pharaoh saw was himself. That's all that mattered. And the more God tried to get his attention, the more he hardened his heart against it. He's selfish. People are selfish so much. I think about Balaam. The prophet for hire is what that's kind of his title. He goes by Balaam, the prophet for hire. He he's out here going to do what he wants to do, even though he knows God is not for it. 
that old donkey crushes his leg against the wall. He hits that donkey. God loose, looses that donkey's jaw. He starts talking. How do you argue with a donkey? Stop thinking. Have you ever argued with a donkey? You might have and didn't know it. How do you argue with one? When he starts talking. Whoa. That's a donkey talking. They didn't even notice it. Why? Because it's sick. There's an angel with a sword drawn ready to smite him. And he does not notice that. But the donkey does. It's a good thing. Whenever all you see is yourself, you can't see anything else. Salvation is the same today as it's always been. Millions and millions on earth need Jesus. Millions and millions of people need to be saved. Most are blinded by self. See, so you could, if you're here and you're lost, you could be saved if you quit looking at self. And put all your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Getting, getting saved is, this may sound weird, getting saved is not all about you. I know you're the one that receives salvation when you get saved, but it's not all about you. It's all about Christ. If it was about you, Christ wouldn't have needed to come and die. It's about Him. Get your eyes off of you and get your eyes on Him. I mentioned home. Let me go back to that briefly. So many homes are being absolutely demolished because of self-interest. Our adversary, the devil, and of course the world system to go along with it, has, the devil's gotten very, very coordinated. He knows how to isolate people. You know you can sit down with your family and feel absolutely alone. The devil's good at what he does. You can sit down in a church full of people and still feel alone. The devil is very, very good at what he does. And if he can get you to thinking about yourself and oh, how sorry you are, and you, you know, you start having pity on self, next thing you know is everybody else in the world rotten. I'm the only one who really cares about anything. And look at me, I'm all by myself. You don't believe it? Go look at Elijah hiding in the cave. Just take my life. I'm the only one who really cares anyway. We still deal with that same adversary. Get us out here on the island feeling like we're all by ourselves. If you just stop a minute and think how many people really and truly love you. Here's, oh, Brother Brad, if they love me, they would come to my rescue. They'd, they'd check on me. How many people you checked on lately? Not being ugly. But guess what? Everybody's got to a point where we got so much going on. <laughs> oh, got so much going on. Homes. Rather than try to build a home, family has become... You know family has become a foolish concept in the eyes of the world. It's crazy to get have a family. Why would you get married? Just live the way you want to. 
You should enjoy the benefits of marriage without marriage. Why would you ever put yourself in that position? Why do you need children? Why would you bring children in this old world anyway? See how the devil works? Oh, it's all about me. Self. Self, self, self. Church. Church. Churches are made up of saved, baptized members of the Lord's body. But when we get selfish and that a member gets old selfish appetite, all of a sudden, well, the church can do without his foot tonight. If you're the foot. Church can do without his hand tonight if you're the hand. Church can do without the nose tonight if you're the nose. It's so easy to get selfish. A selfish person cannot see the will of God. We become carnal, and when we become carnal, we become devilish. Get thee behind me, Satan. That's Jesus' right-hand man. Get thee behind me, Satan. He become carnal, and he was thinking about himself. Because of that, he was devilish. If you've gotten selfish, I want to encourage you to repent. Turn to your first love. Brother Brad, that's not me. I'm not selfish. What about that innkeeper? And since it's getting close to Christmas, I just thought of the old innkeeper. But, oh. I wonder how Joseph went about getting that innkeeper's attention. It's one thing if I'm visiting a community and I need a place to sleep. You know, you go up to the window and you wait patiently. I don't know if I had a window or not. That's how you do it now. You kind of wait at the window and patiently, and they don't come. You ding that little bell, wait for them. They come out. Can I help you? Yeah, I need a room. Well, we don't have one. All right, go about my business. But now, if my wife was great with child, and I mean she's ready to have a child, and she's right here, I'd probably be a, it'd be a lot more urgent. I need a room. There's no room. You, you've got to have a room. There's got to be something here. I believe Joseph was a gentleman. I probably would have said to him, where are you sleeping? You don't have a room. I got, I got a woman great with child. I need some clean towels. We, we, we need a place to lay her head. He didn't see all that. I think it's the will of God. It would have been the will of God for a man to say, you know what, that woman's in bad shape. We need to get her in there. He didn't care. Self. So easy to get selfish. Stop thinking about that as you go through your day. It's so easy to get selfish. We get out of church. We go on about our business. We deal with life. So easy to get selfish. And when we do, we, we don't look for God's will. Because that gets in the way of what I want. You pray for me because I don't want to be selfish. I want to be exactly what God would have me to be. Pray for me. Last verse song.